Hallelujah. Y'all ready to come in and do some worship tonight? Man, good to see everybody. Mm. Hallelujah. Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Come on, y'all stand up. We're going to pray and we're going to we're going to do some worship tonight. Father, we thank you for allowing us to be here tonight and Lord, we just speak freedom in this place, God. We we come to worship you and to love you. Lord, we want to study your word. Lord, you are amazing, and we just, we love you. So, Lord, receive our praise tonight. Receive our worship and smile down upon us in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, give an amen with me tonight. Hallelujah, hallelujah. chains that bind our praise freedom from the lies of the enemy freedom sing that again you ready i cry freedom from the chains that bind your children freedom from the chains that bind our praises freedom from the lies of the enemy freedom come on
praise tonight. Hallelujah. Come on, we have freedom in Jesus' name. Freedom, hallelujah. Father, we ask that you would just pour out your spirit in this place, God. Father, we want to be free in the spirit tonight to worship you and to love you. God, arise, arise. Arise in this place, oh God.
saw me pointing back there matt nailed that that crazy rhythm thing right in the middle of like like that was awesome so and becca did really good too because she really doesn't sing that song but she jumped in and sang it so hallelujah hallelujah come on we're gonna do one more song tonight you ready
to sing a little bit more about Jesus. Can we do that? some praise tonight hallelujah come on hallelujah give him praise father we thank you that you are in this place lord i thank you that we hallelujah is it on hallelujah trying to put my old mic back on y'all could be seated for a minute there there we go hallelujah there we go you know, the tough part is when I wear those earphones up here. They wrap around everything. 
so I can't get my ears in most of the time. So, Hey, did you have a good time this, this weekend with Susan? Hallelujah. Come on, Susan is awesome. She will challenge you and challenge you and challenge you. And if you went up to uh, Bentley with us, uh, she challenged us on the way to there and on the way back and even while we were there uh, with, the, with the sermons and all. Uh, now, we don't have a way to, uh, to do any recordings up in Bentley. Uh, and uh, we, we have to bring a sound system every week. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, uh, hey, listen, so we, we have our app now. And uh, don't forget that you can go to your app store, your Play Store on your smartphone, and just search for New Space Life Space Marksville. And you'll see the little blue tab. And you can download the app. And inside the app, I learned there was a new, another feature in there that I haven't seen yet. And, and Miss Minnie actually told me about it. She texted me today. We were, we were texting. And inside the app is a Bible for, uh, in there. And you can go to the Bible and hit plan, and it will read it to you. And then when you're done with your plan, you just hit comp complete, and, and it's, it's done for the day. But it will read to you. I'm like, hallelujah. I, that's awesome. You know, but you're, you're giving. If you're doing online giving, Go into the app and set up your giving through there because we're no longer using the other company. Th this company is actually saving us money. Uh, and, and there's a lot of other features that are, that are coming that, um, that I'll be able to tell you. There's other things inside there that we have the ability to do that we haven't started doing yet. We're just trying to get everybody transitioned over. Um, I tell you, one of, the, one of the funny things is, is we have to export the giving from there and import it into the other system. And nothing I did with my name would allow it to be put under my name because I'm a junior. It always put it under my son, who's the third. And I'm like, man, this is crazy. So I called them, and they're like, well, we don't know. And so we had to go back to using giving numbers, old envelope numbers. So, like, there's a few of us in here that are, that are thirds or, or juniors. I gave them an envelope number. And so in the other system, I had to give them an envelope number, too. That way, when it comes across, it doesn't confuse who we are. And it was just like, oh. but now that we did that, we, we did our first one today. And, and Nancy, tell you, it's quick and easy. And so it's going to save us a lot of time, but it saves us money as well because the, the fees are cheaper um, with this company, and we get a lot more stuff, okay? Uh, so you can go back on the app and watch past sermons. Uh, there is a glitch they're trying to figure out right now. Every Wednesday, it seems to work just fine if you go to the app and hit live. Um, but on Sunday, it was playing Family Day. <laughs> but the problem is, is I went into their system, and I can edit the video to maybe trim. That was correct. And when I showed the, this uh, support guy, we worked almost all day Monday, back and forth on the phone, emails, screen shares, and this. And when it was about 2 o'clock, I sent him that, and I said, man, look, I said, if you go there, you press play, it's showing me family day, but if I hit the edit button, it's showing me correct. Man, I don't know. I'm sending that to the developers. I'm done. <laughs> he was out. So, um, so don't forget, also, the Father's Day is coming up, uh, kids. Um, Father's Day is coming up. And uh, we have Open Heavens coming up, but I, I can tell you, if you haven't already booked a room for Open Heavens, it may be a little difficult because there was other things going on in town that day. And uh, John had to actually go down there. Pastor John, he went down there and actually made sure that, that the rooms were booked that I told him about, that I knew. So if you've booked a room over there, let me know so I can make, he's going to go double check that your name is on the list because, yeah, we're just trying to make sure everybody's there. Uh, but we're going to leave on the... Uh, what, 24th on a Thursday at about lunch and come back Saturday. Uh, we also, on July 11th, so that's not July 4th weekend, that's the weekend after, guys. 
Uh, we're going to have Paul Bradford here on Saturday at 6. The ladies had Susan Richardson. We're going to have Paul Bradford. He's going to stay over Sunday morning and preach for us as well. Uh, I haven't heard if he's going to go to Bentley with us yet or not, but, you know, we'll, I'll find out from him. So July 11th, guys, that weekend, Saturday, we've got a men's uh, worship service, you know, going on on Saturday at 6, and then Sunday he'll be back here again. And then in August, we have the other men's event that's going to be going on like we went to last year down in the Eunice area. Uh, I got some of the paperwork today, and so I'm going to have to put it up, but it's called Sons of Issachar. And uh, we've got a line of, of speakers for the, for the guys, and, and the great thing about it is, is there's not much preaching. It's not designed to be preaching. It's a lot of men. Um, there's coaches, there's business owners, there's lawyers, there's judges. They come share their testimonies about how God has transformed their life. And they spend about 15 to 20 minutes, and they move on to the next one. Move on to the next one. And then we do have preacher at the night who's going to do, you know, an altar call for us. But, you know, they, it was awesome last year for those that went. Um, and it's $20 a person, and we're going to go each night. We'll go Friday and then go back Saturday. But you get Friday night meal. You get Saturday morning breakfast, lunch, and dinner for 20 bucks. <laughs> you know, so uh, it, is, it is a good time. Now, they don't do a lot of worship, which kind of bothered us because we like a lot of worship, but it's designed around the testimonies and and the whole worship team, I think most of us were on the front row, and we're getting into the songs. So it's like, why y'all stopping? Why y'all stopping? Come on, man. We're just, you know. <laughs> but anyway, so there's going to be just some things going on, and we're, you know, we're, we're plotting and planning in the background for some more things as well. It's time. Hey, it's summertime. We got to get busy. We got to get busy. Amen. Hopefully, you brought your Bibles tonight and an ink pen and something to write with. Well, I'm sorry piece of paper and an ink pen. I'm like, Jonathan, what are you looking crazy? And then I saw Becca's face and I was like, then I had to replay. What did I say? Oh yeah, that was it. So y'all want to know something else that was really funny from Sunday? Uh, you know, Susan was, was given some, some words and some, some wisdom to Brooklyn and Tucker, right? That's, that's Jamie and uh, uh, daughter and boyfriend. So we're sitting at the lunch table. And if you weren't here I have to upload that video, but I'm waiting for them to figure out the problem before I change it. Um, yeah, it was interesting. But when we were sitting at the table, it came up in conversation. It's like, yeah, you know they're dating. She's like, shut up. They weren't brother and sister? <laughs> well, she was talking about sex and everything else and putting the ring on it and all. And she thought they were brother and sister. And so she, you know, and... Yeah, yeah. she told her, when you meet the guy, you're going to know. And here's her boyfriend next to her. And she thought they were brothers. And her face was like, shut up. You know, it just, it was hilarious. It really was, guys. All right, let's go back to seriousness here. Romans 10, 17. Mike is going to have just about every one of these scriptures on the screen for us tonight. I want to talk to you. I labeled it the beginning of faith, but I, I don't really know. You know, y'all know I'm terrible with titles. Uh, Romans 10, 17 in the King James. Now, don't put it up there just yet. If I tell you this scripture while you're turning there, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's, way, that's the way you've heard it, right? You know, that's not how it's written. Man, I, I've been chewing on that scripture and, and God keep, I was, I was going to preach about faith and then I come over to this scripture. No, it says this. Watch, Micah. Bring that up there. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So then what? So then faith cometh. In. 
by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And I was like, okay, so I'm going to have to do some research. But here's the question. What does this scripture mean to you? Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. What, what would you say? Just What does it mean to you? I know what I've heard through the years and, and what my understanding of it is. Come on, anybody, don't be, don't be shy. Okay, faith comes increased by hearing God's word. Okay. Having it preached and taught. Okay. I've always heard by reading your word, reading your word. That's, that's what I've heard. And, and, but I realize it, it's more of what you were saying. It's by preaching. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Hearing. But I've, I've had people, you know, use it in the concept. That's why you need to study your word and read your word and read your word. And your, well, if you're not reading it out loud, but then the problem is, is it still is not completely accurate. Because that sows in part, we have to back up a little bit. I want to read verse 14 through 17 in the message to you. And, and it, I can't just pull out verse 17. But listen to this in the message with that scripture in, in, in thought. And we do have it on the screen for you. Watch this. But how can people call for help if they don't know who to trust? Right? And how can they know who to trust if they haven't heard of the one who can be trusted? And how can they hear if nobody tells them? And how is anyone going to tell them unless someone is sent to do it? So that's why the scripture exclaims, a sight to take your breath away. Grand processions of people telling all the good things of God. The King James just puts it very simply, unless someone is sent to preach, right? But nobody ever is ready for this, ready to see and hear and act. Because Isaiah said, or asked, what we all ask at one time or another, does anyone care? God, is anyone listening or believing a word of it? The point is, before you trust, you have to listen. But unless Christ's word is preached, there's nothing to listen to. Think about that. We, we've heard it in the King James, which is just, unless the preacher is sent, who can, you know, it's very simple. But when we start digging into this, this scripture, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God, it goes so much deeper. Like, like one of the commentaries I read, that verse 17 is a, a eclipse, you know, not a circle, but an elliptical reference, an, an elliptical reference. He said, you can't have 17 without 16. And then I started digging into 16 because I'm still looking for the then. So then, so what's before it, right? So I started going in 16. And as I started reading commentaries and writers about that, and I'm reading, I kept backing up and I kept backing up and I kept backing up until I got all the way back to the beginning of chapter 10. But then as I read all of the chapter, I started thinking, and I was reading it in the King James. How does this really all work together? Because what I want to know is, is what I have to do to increase my faith. Right? Because I want more faith. I don't know about you. So the beginning of faith is God in, puts this inside of you. Right? And, and you just. So I want us to walk through chapter 10 tonight. Because what I began to see. And as it began to come together. It literally drew a picture that I hadn't seen before. Of chapter 10 which seems to be a very simple chapter, but there's a few things I want to show you that before we get too far into it, that will really help the, the rest of it. So go back to verse 1, Romans 10, 1. 
we're going to start from the very beginning of Romans 10, and I want to read it, and then I want to show you some things that begin to come up in my spirit. There's, there's a lot of scriptures, but we're going to have them online on, on the screen. Who wrote Romans? Paul. Okay. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. For I bear them a record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. Listen to that statement to the guy named Paul. My prayer, my heart's desire for God is Israel might be saved. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not acknowledge according to knowledge. Who is this guy? He was a Pharisee of Pharisees, better known as Saul. He was the persecutor of the church, killing the brethren. He was well-educated. He was moving up the ranks as a leader in the religious system, the Sanhedrin. And so when he makes the comment that, number one, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel, they might be saved, that is coming from a guy that stood in their place with all the zeal but no knowledge, right? Like he says in verse 2, they have all the zeal but no knowledge. So he knows firsthand what he's talking about, okay? For they're being ignorant of God's righteousness. Again, he was ignorant of God's righteousness as a religious leader, one quickly moving up. But look at this. Believe me, friends, all I want for Israel is for what's best for Israel, salvation, nothing less. So if we keep in mind Romans 10, 17, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God, right? And that unless somebody is sent to preach, they can't, what, understand, how did Paul, Saul, get saved, Right? How did that happen? So I, I want us to back up a little bit so we can start putting that picture together because through his salvation process, the rest of this chapter makes a whole lot more sense. So flip your Bibles back over to Acts chapter 8. Watch this. Acts chapter 8. And, and all this is going to start coming together because how did Saul become Paul? Because if somebody didn't preach to him, how did he get saved? Right. We want to say, you know, he had the encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus and he did not get knocked off his donkey or his horse. There was no donkey or horse involved because I've heard that for years. But, but look at this. Acts chapter eight, verse one through three. And Saul, who is Paul, was consenting unto his death. Whose death? Stephen. Saul consented to Stephen's death. Okay? And at that time, there was a great persecution against the church, which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. And devout men carrying Stephen to his burial and made a great lamentation over him. As for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering into every house and hailing men and women, committed them to prison. Therefore, they were scattered abroad when every were Everywhere preaching the word. Now, we understand through history that that scattering is what spread the gospel because they were pretty content staying in Jerusalem. 
So if it wouldn't have been the persecution of the church, the gospel wouldn't have went out to the Gentiles. It wouldn't have went out anywhere past Jerusalem because the apostles in the church were just content to stay inside the building and keep the air conditioning on, which is what we do a lot of times, right? So Saul consented to his death, but what changed his mind from the person that consented to a death to all of a sudden accepting Jesus, right? So flip to Acts 9, which is right there. Because we see Saul dies, now let's go to, I mean, uh, Stephen dies, now let's go to Acts 9, 1 through 6, and watch this. And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus, to the synagogues, that if he found any of this way, the Christians, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound under Jerusalem. He has that much hatred in his heart for the Christian church. Verse 3. And he journeyed, and he came near to Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecute thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? He's already submitted in his heart that somebody is greater than him. And I always thought it was interesting that he said, Lord. But according to historians, that was basically a term of submission that, all right, you, you, you know, he's, it's just like, you're bigger than me, you know, like, you know, I always thought it was interesting. I thought it another way, but according to that term in that context. And the Lord said, I am Jesus whom you persecute. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. Stop fighting against me. And Saul, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what will you have me to do? This is a guy that is now submitted, right? He is, he is realized in his heart, and it took that suddenly moment. And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told you what you must do. So Saul had this experience, but what set him up? For that experience, right? No one comes to, to the Lord unless they're drawn by the Holy Spirit, right? You just don't wake up one day and say, ah, I want Jesus today, you know? I can promise you, when I woke up on that Saturday morning, I wanted a hamburger. I didn't want Jesus, and I wanted to go to the club. I didn't want Jesus, but some guy invited me to get a taco, and I was fine with that because I was broke, and then said, hey, you know, uh, why don't you come to church? we got a concert, and we'll make sure you get out before cover charge. What club are you going to? And I told him, oh, that's down the road. I'm like, man, this is perfect for me. This is perfect. I won't waste any gas money. I'll get some food. I'm straight. Then I had my Damascus Road experience and found myself at an altar. But what set me up for that? See, the same thing with Saul, okay? Go back to Ver Acts 6. I'm trying to build a picture for you, and once we get through this picture, when we go back into Romans, it's really going to start making sense. I'm sure that Saul heard these Christians talking many times. But just like me, I didn't want to hear it. Probably like some of us, right? And my life is great. What, what, you know, 
why I need to get up on Sunday morning and go to church and give you money anyways? Why, you know, but yet my life wasn't great. Same thing Saul realized. His life was a mess because he was fighting against what God was truly, truly trying to do, but the religious spirit had kept him blinded to it. Let's go to Acts chapter 6, verse 1. This is where we get our deacons. And in those days when the number of the disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews because the widows were neglected in the daily ministration. So the widows weren't being taken care of. Then the twelve called the multitude of disciples unto them and said, It is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Now that's an interesting statement right there because in most smaller churches today, the pastors wait on tables and everybody looks at them like they're supposed to. But I'm just going to leave that out there. Wherefore, brethren, look ye among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And they sayings pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Ghost, Philip, Procurus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenius, and Nicholas, a proselyte from Antioch whom they set before the apostles, and when they had prayed, they laid their hands on them. Stephen was a deacon originally, but he was also an evangelist because we see that he went out and did some works, right? So you're in chapter 6, flip down to verse 12 and watch this. If you were to read all this, I'm not going to read all of it because it's, it's actually like two long chapters, okay? You can go home and read chapter 6 and 7 on this. Verse 12, and they stirred up the people and the elders and the scribes and came upon him, Stephen, and caught Stephen and brought him to the council. And if you look through verse 13 all the way to the end of chapter 7, what you will find is, is Stephen stood before the Sanhedrin, the religious leaders of Israel, and preached Christ all the way back from Abraham to Moses, went all the way through showing Christ through the entire Old Testament law and everything. He stood before the Sanhedrin preaching, this deacon who was an evangelist, for two chapters. But look at chapter 7 and flip down to the very end. I want to I show you this, this picture. They told him not to preach. It was blasphemy. It was this. It was that. But if you go down to verse 59 in Acts 7, watch this. And they stoned Stephen and calling upon God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Stephen knelt down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. Now go to 8 verse 1. And Saul, who would become Paul, was consenting to Stephen's death. You see the picture now? So where was Saul probably at during this procession? He was in the Sanhedrin listening to Stephen. You see, so now you see how Saul was set up to have that Damascus Road experience. Stephen preached to him. He did hear the words. So then when you, when you go back and you begin to look, I want us to look back in, into that verse 17 again. So then, Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if we begin to look down into those verses, what we see is, is this is a man that
that understands my faith happened because I heard somebody sharing the word of God, the true word of God, not a religious word of God, right? Because too many times we've heard, you know, even, even Jesus did this, thou shalt not kill. But Jesus says, yeah, but I say to you this, the reality of that scripture is that if you hate your brother in your heart, you've already committed murder. You see, he, Jesus was expressing the reality of what it was, teaching them the reality because they didn't have a real knowledge of what it said. All they saw was a thou shalt not, and they made it a, a religious, rigorous law. But there's freedom in the spirit, right? We have freedom. But do, do we abuse the law? No, we don't abuse the law. We don't want to abuse the law. So if you go back over to Romans 10, I want to show you this. I'm going to open up Romans 10 in my King James, or actually the message, Micah. I'm going to go pop it open real quick. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's flip it over to the message. And we're going to read through once again. From verse 1, I want to read, I want to read this through you so you can see it. Believe me, friends, all I want for Israel is what is best for Israel. Salvation, nothing less. I want it with all my heart, and I pray to God for it all the time. I readily admit that the Jews are impressively energetic regarding God, but they are doing everything exactly backwards. <laughs> they don't seem to realize that this comprehensive setting things right, that is salvation, is God's business. Look at that. But now you understand where he's coming from as he's writing this. And a most flourishing business it is. Right across the street, they set up their own salvation shops and noisily hawk their wares. After all these years of refusing to really deal with God on his terms, insisting instead of making their own deals, they have nothing to show for it. How many times do we live our life like this is how I'm going to come to you. These are my terms to serve you. This is the only way I'm going to do it, right? How many times do we do that? God, I'm going to do this, this, and this, but I ain't going no more. The same thing was happening to, to Israel, but we see a guy that came out of that system showing us that's not. Verse 4, the earlier revelation was intended simply to get us ready for the Messiah, the law, and all those things. Who then puts everything right for those who trust him to do it? Moses wrote that anyone who insists on using the law code to live right before God soon discovers it's not so easy. Amen to that one. Every detail of life regulated by fine print. But trusting God to shape the right living in us is a different story. No precarious climb up to heaven and recruit the Messiah. No dangerous descent into hell to rescue the Messiah. So what exactly was Moses saying? The word that saves is right here, as near as the tongue in your mouth, as close as the heart in your chest. It's the word of faith that welcomes God to go to work and set things right for us. See, now that you've confessed with your mouth, believed in your heart, see, that's that part. It's the word of faith that welcomes God to go to work and set things right for us. This is the core of our preaching. Preaching Christ and him crucified. 
And people realize Christ and him crucified. I, I need a savior because I can't follow the law. You see how all this? But his, his context of sharing this was, is I lived that life and I was successful. And I was moving up the ranks in their system to the point that they trusted me to kill anybody that, what? Didn't follow the system. But now he's sharing with us that, you know what, guys? It doesn't work. I've lived on both sides of the fence, and it don't work. The only way is through Christ Jesus. Look at this. That is it. You're not doing anything. You're simply calling out to God, trusting him to do it for you. That's salvation. With your whole being, you embrace God, setting things right, and then you say it out, right out loud. God has set everything right between him and me. There's no longer a war. There's no longer anything there. Verse 11, Scripture reassures us, no one who trusts God like this, heart and soul, will ever regret it. It's exactly the same no matter what a person's religious background may be. You see, there, there he is again. The same God for all of us acting the same incredibly generous way to everyone who calls out for help. Everyone who calls, help God gets help. Here we go into our verse from today. But how can people call for help if they don't know who to trust? And how can they know who to trust if they haven't heard of the one who can be trusted? And how can they hear if nobody tells them and how is anyone going to tell them unless someone is sent to do it? That's why the scripture explains. A sight to take your breath away. Grand processions of people telling all the good things of God. That is the church outside the building. That is the church outside the building. Because if the only time the gospel is preached is inside this building, how effective are we? Right? How effective are we? But not everybody is ready for this. Not everybody's ready to see and hear and act. Isaiah asked, who will ask at one time or another? Does anyone care? God, is anyone listening and believing a word of it? The point is, before you trust, you have to listen. But unless Christ's word is preached, there's nothing to listen to. But haven't there been plenty of opportunities for Israel to listen and understand what got going on? Plenty, I'd say. See, our life preaches. Our life preaches. And you know something that, that's always aggravated me it is the fact that, that you have people that call themselves Christians and they're constantly going out doing things that are against the word of God. And guess what? We're all lumped together. We're all lumped together. And that was something I remember seeing growing up was people that I went to school with that, that oh, yeah, I'm a Christian, I'm a believer. And then they were out getting drunk on Fridays and Saturdays and riding in my truck sometimes. I'm like, why? why? <laughs> you know, I, I've got a very rational mind. And I'm like, okay, and, and so you got to get up early on Sunday morning. I don't have to. I can go to work and make some money. You know, and, and it just didn't work for me. Until somebody preached the real Christ and presented that to me. And when I got saved, they taught me about the real Christ, not a religious Christ, not a religious system they taught me about Jesus. And when I learned about Jesus, it set me free. 
You see, so now understanding his context or his frame of mind, why he was presenting what he did, you can see how it's just a big circle right there. And if you continue to read, you'll see it more and more. Paul was a man that walked a religious system like some of us have. Some of us grew up in religious systems. But no one ever told us about the real Jesus and the real forgiveness. And the fact that I can be forgiven for anything, anything, if I go to God and ask with a pure heart. But the problem is, is we play games a lot of times. Oh, God, forgive me for this. And we go back and do it again. And we go back and do it again. And, and that's where he's saying we pull Christ down or we go, you know, like, like we can help anything. You know, if you could have saved yourself, you would have done it a long time ago. <laughs> I know I would have. <laughs> Why? Because I like to read and I would have figured it out. But guess what? I couldn't. The Holy Ghost was working on me before I went to that altar. About a year prior. Why? Because no man gets saved unless he's drawn. And I had opportunities. Can I tell you, I had opportunities to get saved. But here's the other thing. God was really dealing with me hard before my dad was killed. Because he was trying to prepare me for something that was coming up. And he was trying to make sure that I, that I was ready. But you know what? I wasn't. I wasn't. And it wasn't until after him dying that he, when he was killed that I got saved. But it still wasn't a close period of time. You see... But it was the, the Lord was beginning to deal with me really hard. I, I can literally, I, I can, you know, tell you the stories. I think I've shared some of them before on how I found myself standing in an aisle when they gave an altar call. And I jumped back and held on to the pew like, who pushed me? But there wasn't nobody around me. It was a, it was a shotgun church. There was a door back there and a door right there. And it was about 10 people in the building. <laughs> and when I told that to the person who invited me, who was my class leader in the military at the time in, in Pensacola, Florida, he said, man, that was the Holy Ghost. I'm like, the Holy what? I don't know ghosts. And, you know, you see, God's always trying to prepare us and, and to help us because he loves us. And that's why I always tell you, you got to confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, Lord and Savior, not just the get out of hell free card. We got to trust him in the storms as much as we trust him the rest of the time. But you know what? I, I wrote something down. The other day, let me let me see if I can if I can find it real quick. Susan made a comment Sunday. I only have power over the storms I have peace in. I gotta I, I gotta remember that. Because when I'm dealing with something, I gotta have peace, Lord, or I can't speak to it. It's like Jesus was asleep. And I love that a nap and a shack, a snack. So Listen, I just wanted to bring that to you tonight. Go read those chapters again and see what truly took place right there and, and, and allow God to, to show you that, that circle reference of what he's trying to do. Because you know what? He wants all of us out of a religious system and into it in a, a relationship. Because it's not about religion. It's about a relationship. A relationship. Why do you think he died on a cross to put you into a system? He had one. And it didn't work. Right? It pointed them to Messiah, but they couldn't realize that. The systems don't work. It's Jesus. It's Jesus Christ, him crucified, his perfect life, him raising from the dead, 
and us accepting that and saying, I need you because I can't do this on my own. And I want a relationship with you. Then relationship is work. Amen. So listen, let me pray for us tonight. And, uh, you know, if you're here and, and you don't know Jesus, you just, you know, put your hand. I want to I pray with you specifically after service. But, you know, if Jesus is not your Lord, I want to know that. I want to I pray with you. If you Maybe you're online. You can go to our website, newlifeag.church, and, and fill out a card on there. There's a connection card on there. I'd love to connect with you and, and maybe send something to you to help you find a church. But it's about a relationship. Amen. But it all starts from this one thing. Father, we thank you that, that your word is truth. But Lord, give us opportunities to preach the gospel through our life, through our actions. Everything that we do is sharing about your love. Everything that we do is sharing about your mercy and your grace. Speaking that into every situation, God. Lord, allow your word to continue to come alive to us. And Lord, anyone that doesn't know Jesus as their, as their Savior, just right, right here in Romans, we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that He lived, He died, and He rose again. We accept Him as the Messiah. We ask for forgiveness, and He will forgive us. If we call out, He is faithful to respond. So Lord, touch your people tonight. Lord, I know there's some that are homesick. I know Miss, Miss Minnie... We continue to pray for healing over body. Lord, I know um, Brooke is, is home right now. Or Brooke, Blake, with, he had had a fever earlier. Lord, we, we pray right now that you would just continue to heal him as well. And Lord, I thank you that you're touching Jeffrey as he is as well in, in, the, uh, in the nursing home, Lord. Just minister to them. And I know there's, there's others that I probably didn't even, even speak about. Lord, I, I know that, that Cindy lost her, her uh, grandfather, or Cindy White, that is, lost her grandfather. We pray for them. Lord, we know that you can comfort and heal, and you can provide everything that we need. And tonight, we turn over to you and rely on you. Through the name of Jesus Christ, the name above all names. Amen, 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 hallelujah. Well, listen, thank you for, for studying with me tonight. And go read those sections. Go read those sections. And Look, Sunday, we're going to have a great time. We're going to worship and, and uh, we're going to talk about faith again, amen? But we're going to talk about a different type of faith Sunday. So come prepared, come ready to go. And don't forget to tune, get the app, because there's a lot of things we're going to start doing through that app, amen? Amen. Well, God bless you. I love you. Thank you for being here tonight. Thank you for tuning in online.